0: G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Something a little bit different today. We have done this in the past. If you want to go and have a look at our Instagram for the next 24 hours. So it'll be there until about Monday night. Uh, We're going to have a Instagram Q&A answering a heap of questions from you guys. I'm going to do it live with you guys on the podcast here. So you will hear me repeat myself a little bit here and there. Uh, But I will talk you through the whole process of doing one of these Instagram stories. Uh, I'll give uh, people watching, I think it's about a 15 30-second sort of response. But then whilst I'm getting it all ready and everything, I'll go a little bit deeper uh, with you guys. So you'll get a little bit more of an understanding uh, for what goes into these things. I'm sure you see your, your favorite content creators and all that doing these all the time, so I like to jump behind and show you guys uh, how I go about mine. Uh, I always like to put a bit of branding on mine, so you'll notice when you go and have a look at my Instagram page, and that's what takes a few extra seconds whenever I'm doing it, uh, that I'm always adding, you know, rugby league guru branding down the bottom, just to remind people where they are and whatnot, just that brand recognition, if people get sucked into them, I want them to see uh, rugby league guru, you know, 20, 30 times, whatever it might be, we'll see how many questions we get through today, I think we've got an absolute stack. So I'll sort of select the best ones. After I answer each one, guys, I'll have to add that banner down the bottom. Sometimes I'll add a link if it's to a podcast or whatever. Uh, and also in about 10 minutes time as I'm recording, uh, we're going to go live on YouTube with our Dragons Best 17. So you'll sort of hear me uh, get all that ready and upload that. That's going live at 6pm, which is about when we are recording. It's about 5.49 as it stands right now. So You also hear that, so I'll keep talking to you guys throughout. And obviously, that is available on YouTube now for you guys to go and have a look at. Uh, It would have dropped last night when you guys are listening. So plenty of content to get stuck into. We'll jump into a couple of questions before we have to upload um, that Instagram, though. First question comes from Luke Sturkenboom. What a name. That's fucking unreal. Thoughts on Stefano this year? Big 2023 incoming for me. I'll just jump on and answer this one, guys. So what I do, uh, I put it on hands-free uh, and then I can tap it and then I can just talk. And so I think it takes about 15 seconds or so that I'll give you guys a little bit more detail. Uh, nope, I took a photo instead. Good start, good start. That's what we wanted. All right, we'll try that again. Uh, hands-free, sweet, here we go. Yeah, mate, great question. Obviously, Stefano really burst onto the scene a couple of years ago, went into origin camp, came back from that. Just a new front row forward. He was unreal. So I really am hoping that we can get the very best out of him this year. I think the Tigers signing... David Clemmer. I really like it because I think there's a lot of young, really talented forwards there that I think Clem can be fantastic for. There's obviously Stefano, who we've already seen at his best. He is sensational. you got Matt Amua, who I think eventually will be the 13. I absolutely love him. And Fanua Bol, who we saw at the end of last year, very, very talented as well. I think a leader like Clemmer uh, in their front row will be fantastic for this side. Stefano, I hope he has a huge year, mate. I am a little bit worried based off what we saw last year, but quite often you can find uh, the Second year can be really tough. The third year, they get a little bit more comfortable, another preseason under their belts. I'm hoping Stefano is one of those guys because that is best. He genuinely is one of the premium front row forwards in our game. Yeah, guys, so uh, Stefano was our first question there. Really, really big fan of him. Um, I really do hope that we see the best out of him this year. As I said, uh, I'm not completely confident on it uh, just because of how he went last year and whatnot, but uh, I really do hope that we see the best out of him uh, this year and into the future. Stefano, so so talented, and uh, I don't think there's any denying that uh, he's definitely someone that the West Tigers need to be successful moving forward. Hopefully he can be a big part of that. So I upload that one, guys. Then we go to the next one. Uh, next one comes from Jai Taylor. People saying Garner Hosking for Penrith Second Row think Mav Gaia could be by season's end. Interesting question. Maverick Guy, obviously the son of uh, the great Mark Guy. We'll answer this one now. Put her on hands free. Um. Yeah, great question, Joe. I'm a big fan of Maverick Guy. Obviously, played in that trial last year. Very impressive. I watched him in the South Wales Cup before that. Very, very talented guy. Personally, I think if we see him this year, it might be you know one or two games coming off the pine. Maybe during the Origin period, you might see him. Uh, but I think the Garner will definitely be on the left edge. I think Liam Martin's locked into the right, and I definitely think Hoskins will be the next guy up. And outside of that, you still got guys like Scotty Sorensen there and whatnot. So I think they'll take their time with Mav Guy. I think he's got first grade written all over him, and I think he will be there eventually. Uh, but I don't think he'll be a starting back rower at any point this year, even during origin. I think they'll turn to other guys like Scotty Sorensen, like Hosking, as you suggested. So Maverick Guy, I think he's got a big future, but I'm not sure if we'll see him too much this year. If we do, I think it'll be a debut. And if the overs-unders was five, I'd go unders, to be honest with you, mate. Yeah, Maverick Geyer, a very, very talented player coming out of the Penrith Panthers, making his way through that system at the moment, as a lot of guys are. Obviously got good pedigree. Uh, His old man, Mark Geyer, one of the greats of the Penrith Panthers, one of the greats of rugby league in general, champion player Mark Geyer. Tough as nails. Uh, obviously, you know lo- loves his Penrith Panthers too. So it'll be great when he does get a gig. But I'm not convinced it'll be too early this year. Uh, is 2023 the year we see Did and start to take more control? Interesting question. Obviously, Cowboys one there. Pop that up in the corner. Go to hands free. Uh, might sound like a negative, mate, but I probably don't think so. I still think this will be Chad Townsend's team. I think Dearden, he's going to keep improving year on year, and I think you saw what he did in Origin 3 last year. He was fucking incredible. But I do still think this is Chad Townsend's team, and that's not a negative on Tommy Dearden. Um, his time will come to really own his side, but right now it's Chad's team, Tommy Dearden T- and Scotty Drinkwater chiming in here and there. Uh, I think the Cowboys are in for another good year. I hope so anyway. I do want to see them back up the ceiling of last year that they showed us. It's always a worry for me when teams jump out of the ground. Uh, but Dearden, I still think this will be Chad Townsend's team, and show it, so it should be at the moment. But I think over the next two and three years, you'll definitely see that transition. I think Tom Dearden is a halfback that definitely can lead a side around, whether he's playing five, eight, seven, 7, whatever it might be. I think he can be a marquee, a marquee guy on a side. You saw what he did in Origin. It was so impressive. So big fan of Dearden, but I still think the Cowboys will belong to Chaddy Townsend. Yeah, uh, Tom did. Fuck, like the season he had last year, I've always been a fan of him, but I I didn't expect him to play the way that he did last year and go to the level that he did, especially in the Origin arena. I mean, for him to get a shot at Origin in the first place was a pretty good knock. uh, To do what he did, though, very, very impressive. But I still think that that Cowboys team, I still think that uh, the old fella, the Chad, is still the guy there. Uh, What have we got? Why are footy teams choosing more than one captain and VC these days? Interesting question. Interesting question. Uh, Let's get hands-free on... Missed it. Yeah, mate. Great question. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of teams going down that avenue now. I don't mind it, to be honest with you. I think it has to be done in the right way. I've always said that I think the way the Tigers did it, throwing together six co-captains, was a bit of a shit fight. I like what Canterbury's done, and I think that people got a little bit uh, puzzled, I guess, by Raymond Fitala mariner being the club captain but having different on-field captains. This was actually really popular back in the early two thousands. A lot of teams had a club captain. I remember like Stuart Kelly. I think he was the club captain of Brisbane or of Parramatta or one of those two. And he used to always go and do the media and whatnot. I don't mind it, to be honest with you. I think on-field captains, it's clear who they are going to be. You've then got your leadership group who are, you know, the heads of culture and whatnot. I like they've gone for, you know, a front rower, a back rower. Um, they've gone for a winger, and then you've got RFM in there as well, and then you've got 5'8 and Hooker as captains. So I like what Canterbury's done. I understand where you're coming from, uh, but I don't mind it if it's done in the right way, and I personally think Canterbury's got it right here. Yeah, I think for a lot of younger people, they probably don't remember the early 2000s when this was really common. It was, it was uh, you would see this all the time. That you would have a club captain, a guy that would do media and all that, someone that's good in front of the camera. And then I think it just sort of shares the weight around. If you're captain for a whole game during the week, then you have to go and do media after the game. I think it, it, it can take a toll on players. And I think when you've got young captains like Reid Marnie and Matt Burden, I really don't mind the avenue that Canterbury's taken. So I'm sure there'll be a few questions on that, but we've sort of already covered that. Um, so we might see what else we can find. Should I consider Dylan Edwards as a starter fullback for supercoach? I'm sure we'll get a few supercoach questions, so uh, I'll take in a few of those. Beers and break-evens does return this week too, guys. Uh, that's going to be live on Wednesday afternoon. We're going to go through the CTWs, and then Thursday, Arbo, we're going to take a deep dive into the front row forwards and the 2RF, so that's going to be a good episode there with Timmy. I'll answer this one. Mate, I personally think that there are just better options out there. You know what you're going to get with Dylan Edwards? It's going to be handy, but I don't think it's going to be astronomical. I think that if you, whoever you're missing out on, the, who, whichever guy you're missing out on could go for 130, 150. I don't think Dylan Edwards has got that sort of game in him. I'd rather take a punt on Scott Drinkwater and try and get that ceiling. I'd much rather have a James Tedesco, these sort of guys. So, look, Dylan Edwards, he's never a bad option, supercoach-wise, but I never think he's a great option, to be honest with you. So if you're going to go pod, I would go someone with a huge ceiling. But just keep an eye on Dylan Edwards. I've said it for a while. I wouldn't be surprised if with this new side that they've got now or this changes to their side, if he potentially does hover down that left edge a little bit more. If he's picking up more attacking stats down that edge, maybe the conversation changes a little bit. He could prove to be a really handy super coach player. But for me at the moment, mate, uh, it's a no-go Dylan Edwards. Yeah, Dylan Edwards, such an interesting guy. He's just such a no-frills sort of footballer that we all love. Supercoach-wise, though, if you do understand Supercoach, you know that fullback is a very high scoring position. Uh, and you want that big upside. So I'd probably be looking elsewhere other than Dylan Edwards. Uh, we're gonna stop the We're gonna stop this for just a second answering the questions, cause. I need to put up a post for our Dragons pod that's dropping. So it, it will be available for you guys to go and watch uh, on YouTube if you want to go and have a look at it. We made a reel for it, with myself and Maddie, talking about the Dragons and their situation and whatnot. So I will upload uh, that now. There we go. You can hear me in the background dribbling on. Uh, so we'll upload that now. And then uh, people can get stuck into that. And then we'll continue with our our Q&A on the Instagram story. I will just jump off for a second, guys. Um, It'll only be half a second for you guys, but I'll be back in a few minutes after I upload this. And we're back. Uh, thanks for your patience, guys. Uh, just that would have been pretty boring for all of you. So I thought I'd just cut myself out and get back in to the questions here. We did just drop uh, our Dragons Best 17 for 2023. Myself and Maddie, the Waterboy on YouTube. So go check that out if you haven't watched it already. Uh, let's have a look at some more questions. This one comes from Rye. Do you think Moses stays a power Word is he's agreed to terms. Mitch Moses, very, very popular guy at the moment. Put her on hands free. Yeah, mate, I think he will stay there. From what I've been told, he will stay there. So, uh, fingers crossed. Keep hearing that the Tigers have made a huge play uh, just at the 11th hour, whatever it might be. Uh, I think he'll stay at Parramatta, mate. I think Mitch Moses, uh, a lot of money being uh, uh, reportedly uh, on offer for him at the Tigers, but I think Mitch after having that taste of a GF last year, I think a premiership uh, is what Mitch Moses wants. And I genuinely think he can win one at Parramatta over the next couple of years. He's coming into the real prime of his career now, 28, 29, 30. Uh, Not I'm just exactly sure how old Mitch is. I'd guess about 29. So he has still got some of his best years in front of him as a half. He's got the 5'8". Hopefully he's got the hooker. Uh, he's got a side that can win it. And I think he's got a coaching that be successful as well. So if I was Mitch, I would definitely be staying at Parramatta. And I hope that he does. And I think that he will. Yeah, Mitch Moses. Uh, hopefully, obviously, last year Parramatta went so close and just fell short. So off the back of that, I personally think that Mitch Moses will stay. Uh, I hope he does stay at Parramatta. I think it would be good for the league. Um, granted, it'd be great if the Tigers could pick themselves, um, you know, a top shelf player uh, up like Moses to play halfback, which is probably the only spot in on their team. Probably halfback and your centers. I'm a little bit worried about, uh, but Mitch Moses would be a great get. But I want to see him be successful with Parramatta to be honest with you what other questions have we got if you're picking a player to build a club culture around who you're picking interesting I wonder if he means uh from current or just all time interesting question there uh all time I think it's hard to go past Cam Smith just quietly be right up there um what have I done here Yeah, mate, if you're talking all time, I think it has to be Cam Smith, mate. I would go him in an absolute heartbeat, one one of, if not the greatest of all time. I think he's always been a tremendous leader. Uh, Out of the current crop, mate, I really like James Tedesco in the way that he captains. I was a little bit worried when he first got it, whether he was ready for it, whether he's going to be able to handle it. Uh, But obviously, he's gone on to be the captain of the Blues, captain of the Kangaroos. And I just, I love the way that he leads for the Roosters. And I think you saw in 2021 what Teddy's all about. Uh, The team needed him to play about three fucking positions and go to another level. And he's done it. Now the team is trying to bring Joey Manu and sort of stepping on his toes a little bit. And Teddy goes, yep, good as goal, whatever's best for this football team. Whatever makes us the most successful, I'm happy to do. So, Teddy'd probably be my choice. Then I'd probably go all time. Cam Smith. Uh, your joeys your freddies very very hard to turn down locky as well uh, but i think cam smith he'd probably be my guy yeah an interesting one i think james nesco would be my current fellow that i'd go with Uh love everything about teddy i've it's been such a pleasure to watch him mature into the guy that he is um, today as a footballer, as a bloke and everything. So, yeah, Teddy's very hard to go past. Really good question there, though. I like that. Um, what happened to Miller if Ponga 5'8 eight fails? risky, especially for Max Bradbury? I actually haven't seen this Max Bradbury play, but he must be able to play some footy the way he's been talking about. I'm going to repeat myself here in a second. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, mate, uh, Max Bradbury, I haven't actually seen him play yet, but the way that everyone's raving about him and the way that so many Newcastle fans have messaged me filthy about how this has played out, even though it's blatantly obvious uh, that they need a fullback, I think Lockie Miller is exactly what they need. it's Bradbury kid, he must be pretty damn good if they're so upset to let him go for a fullback. So, uh, an interesting one. What happens to Lockie Miller if the 5-8 experiment fails? I'm not sure, mate. I'm not sure if he will be in this team automatically. Uh, some pretty handy wingers in this side. Maybe the left wing spot is one that he could... Potentially, sorry, whatever the opposite wing to Dom Young is, uh, he could potentially grab. But they've got some other really talented guys there. If something was to happen to Bradman Best during the season, he got injured or whatever, which has happened over the last years. is getting older. He could jump in there. I don't mind it for Newcastle, but I'm saying that without seeing this Max Bradbury play. So the way everyone's talking about him uh, makes me wonder if Cronulla maybe have won this one, which is crazy. Yeah, not many times uh, there's a kid that gets spoken about that I have not seen whatsoever. But this is definitely one of those situations. But people that I trust from Newcastle uh, are a little bit nervous about whether they've made the right decision or not. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how this one plays out long-term. What other questions have we got? Another Lockie Miller question. Um Will the Broncos win the grand final? No bueno. Uh, how the hell does the dog's backline set up with Critter and Zeri and Young on the way? Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> the whole Dominic Young, I think that's a long, long way from done. I can, I can tell you guys for sure uh, that Dominic Young is not done talking to clubs. He's got a few more up his sleeve over the next few weeks and a couple of very, very big dogs that he's got to go and talk to. So far from done. Yeah, mate, it's going to be a very, very strong backline. line. Uh, just Dominic Young off the top. He is far from signed with Canterbury. He toured there. He's going to tour a lot more places over the next few weeks, and he has toured a lot of places. I think there's even some that haven't hit the media uh, and a couple of big dogs that want to show Dom Young around their place. So uh, I, I, that's far from done. The other two, though, I think Critter will play fullback, and I think Bronson, I think he'll jump in the centres. And I'm tipping Bronson Derry uh, comes back and does really well. I think he's going to, um, you know... He hit the ground running when he returns, and I, I think he's going to be back with a bang. Love Critter at fullback. It's going to take time, but I think over time it can be really successful. So I love the way their back shaping up. They do get Dom Young, unreal, uh, but I think it is far from a certainty that he is going to the Canterbury Bulldogs as it stands right now. Yeah, it's obviously, you know, I think people, you know, they see that someone's toured somewhere or they hear somewhere or something and they just take it uh, as gospel that a guy's going to be there. I can promise you right now. Dominic Young there's a lot there's a lot more water to go under this bridge before he's signing with anyone uh he's got a few more places he has to tour and whatnot uh what's your take on the Titans they've made all the changes you've suggested yeah fair shout they have yeah i'm a little bit higher on the titans this year yeah, man, I like what the Gold Coast Titans have done. They went out and they owned their mistake and they went and got themselves an experienced ball player in Kieran Foran. I would have played him at halfback. Sounds like they're playing him at 5'8". We'll see how it plays out there. Even if they are playing at 5'8", I don't hate it with Tanner Boyd. I've always said, put him next to Fafita. Give him a chance to show what he can do. They're good mates. They've played together for a long time. So I like the direction the Titans are heading. But even, even though I like the way they're heading, my only worry is that I think that the bottom four teams of the top eight underachieved last year. I think that everyone in the bottom eight, except for the Dragons, have improved in recruitment or if you're manly, you've got turbo back. So, I mean, I, I think the Titans will be better this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if they finish around the same mark on the ladder or one or two spots higher simply because the depth of the competition is just so insane this year. So hopefully the Titans, uh, their improvements reflect... Uh, hopefully their improvements show on the ladder, but I'm a little bit nervous about it. Yeah, I just think this competition is going to be so fucking close this year, guys, that I reckon there's going to be a number of teams uh, that will improve, that will do very well. But on the ladder, they'll finish in the same spot or thereabouts in the same sort of spot as what they did last year. So uh, hopefully clubs, CEOs and whatnot can be patient with coaches and everything, because I do just think it's going to be a hot, hot field this year. Um, so it'll be interesting. Who do you think will win the World Club Challenge, Penrith? Um, is this it for Brooks? If you can't produce one, this Ford pack, surely his times up? Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Show brother, not a question. Just want to say I love all your content. Gets me through the day. Thanks, Ados. Appreciate that, mate. Actually, I'll respond to that one. I always appreciate those sort of comments. Uh, from people. As I said, guys, I won't respond to every single comment uh, just because we don't have enough time and I'd rather do select ones and then talk to you guys about other ones and then people can come and listen to this, obviously. Um Thank you, mate. I uh, always really appreciate comments like this, especially the ones that finish with like get me through the day or get me through tough times or whatever it might be. Uh, it's very humbling to hear. So glad that you guys are enjoying the content. At least one of you is anyway, uh, which is unreal. Uh, the podcast, there's a number of episodes dropping every single day. So if you're looking for something to fill your day with, your lunch break with, your uh, transport to work, whatever it might be, Rugby League Guru podcast, there's new content out every three or four hours realistically. So always there. Thank you, mate. Appreciate your support. And, yeah, that goes for all of you guys too. Always appreciate your support from you guys always listening and whatnot. Um, obviously wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing at the moment. It wasn't for you guys. So always appreciate that stuff. But uh, comments like that make me feel a little bit weird, if I'm honest. Uh, if not the Warriors, what team do you see RTS returning uh, if he re- does? Fuck, I hope it's the Warriors. That would really, really upset me. Uh, how far can you throw an avocado? Turbo and Trell for fullback and leave out Teddy. Bold. Very, very bold. Um, I probably wouldn't be leaving out Teddy. Yeah, mate. I assume this is super coach wise, I probably wouldn't be leaving out Teddy. I'd be starting with him, especially that opening game against the Dolphins. I think Teddy's a great captain option there. Fair play if you want to go Latrell and Mitchell. I'm not, but I didn't go last year, and that's what cost me in the end, realistically. So i back you going Latrell. Turbo, I think you just need to wait for team lists. I personally don't think you'll play round one. They've got to buy round two. So I don't think you'll see Turbo till round three. If so, I don't think you can afford to carry him there. Uh, bring him in later. He won't have a price rise until round five, I think it is. So you can wait until then and then make a decision, downgrade someone else. You might go a drinky. Uh, you could even go like a, a Latrell and Teddy, and if one of them doesn't go Bangbusters, then downgrade to Turbo. But uh, wait for Turbo and ballsy, very, very ballsy to go without Teddy, in my opinion. I, uh, I'd be sitting behind the couch watching Roosters games if I didn't have Teddy. It'd be very, very tough. Yeah, plenty of strategy in Supercoach this year to start the season. So much to talk about, so many big decisions to make. And a lot of it does come down to if Turbo is named for round one. So uh, if he's not named for round one, I think worst case scenario would be Turbo fucking named in the 18th and 19th. That would be a disaster. Uh, so fingers crossed that didn't happen. If you had to finish buying all the Dolphins players, how would you buy for the 2022 season? Hard to say. I mean, it'd be easy for me to give you a list of guys they'd, they'd buy, but it's really not that straightforward, guys. It's a lot more complicated um, than, than that. No mention of Lachlan Ilias in Halfbacks podcast. We will talk about Lockie Ilias now. This is from a super Coach perspective too, guys. Uh, so just touch on this quickly. Yeah, mate, no mention of Lockie Lewis. Uh Not really a great supercoach player at the end of the day. I hear a lot of people talking him up this season. Second year, he'll get better. I think he's just going to be one of those guys that he's going to be a good NRL halfback but I don't think he's ever going to be overly supercoach relevant. He has to do a lot to score points. Um, And I was really high on him last year. I thought he'd be a great supercoach player. Turned out he wasn't, so you've got to own it when you're wrong there. I was wrong on on Lockie Ilias. Uh, We'll see how it plays out over his career, but I think he's going to be – and I'm not saying he's like Cooper Cronk, but Cooper Cronk was like this in that – Fantastic NRL player, one of the greatest ever, but super coach. He was pretty bang average. I think Ilias is going to be similar to that. That's my take. Um, happy to be proven wrong, though. If you Once again, if you've got a gut feel on these guys, you got to back it in. My gut feel is that Ilias isn't going to be a great super coach scorer throughout his career, though. Yeah, it's interesting when you put out like so much Supercoach content like I do. I think people sometimes get the two confused or people don't really understand Supercoach so they think I don't like certain players or whatnot. It's not the case. It's just that um, Supercoach is its own thing and you've got to look at it uh, as its own thing. Uh, if you're trying to do it based on how people perform in the NRL, you'll really fucking struggle. Uh, (laughs) Mitch at porn. Uh, If you had to merge any two current sides, I don't understand that. Uh, Rank your fullbacks to start the season with, excluding Teddy. talk about that on beers and break-evens a little bit more. Uh, Here's a good one. You know anyone good at best man speeches? I've actually got my – actually, I'll say it. I'll just do it live here. Yeah, I've actually got my wedding coming up in April, and I've got uh, my best man who's told me he's – He's nailed down Jerome Luai's speech from word one to the last one. So that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't think he's got the balls to do it, though, to be honest with you. So he's probably watching this, so good luck to him. Uh, but, yeah, Jerome Luai, obviously uh, pretty slow off-season. That got a heap of traction. Uh, didn't really harm anyone, didn't harm any of us at the end of the day. Uh, probably made a little bit of a goose of himself, but, fuck, it is what it is. Shit happens. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think this one got blown out of proportion a little bit, to be honest with you. But I'm sure uh, if you're like me and you've got a wedding coming up... So I'm sure it'll get a mention between the boys without a doubt. Yeah, Jerome Lawai obviously (laughs) gave that speech and um, it was a shocker, don't get me wrong. Uh, And, you know, was it average form? Probably. Um, But yeah, I think the people, uh, because it's Jerome Jerome Lawai, they'll jump down his throat as soon as they can. Um, How do you think Herbie would go as the Broncos Ball back given the chance yeah I've got a bit of a hot take here on this I don't know if it is a hot take I don't know uh, what have we got hands free. Yeah, mate, Herbie had a great season for the Brisbane Broncos last year. He came in last year with Katoni Staggs as the other centre. And I mean, there isn't a world where I thought Herbie Farnworth would be the form centre for the Brisbane Broncos. He was without a doubt. So I thought he had a great season. Fullback, I don't think so, mate. He doesn't have the passing game. I get frustrated with him as a centre, to be honest with you. He's always run first, and I think it makes him a little bit easier uh, to defend. He has got a great running game, there's no doubt about that. But I think good teams can shut down Herbie because he is a little bit one dimensional. I think he does need to add a pass to his game, and uh, if I can't trust him to pass at left center on his good side, there, I don't know if I can tr- trust him to play both sides of the ruck. So, uh, not for me. But uh, maybe it's he's just at the start of his career; he's got more to show. I don't know. But from what I've seen so far, I definitely wouldn't be playing him at fullback. Yeah, sometimes you've got to be honest like that. Uh, Herbie's obviously a very talented guy, had a great season, but fullback-wise, I don't think I could possibly do it. He just doesn't pass the ball enough. Herbie, hopefully that changes. Uh, But, yeah, not for me as it stands right now. Um, Laurie or Staines, Talking West Tigers. Yeah, interesting. I'm a bit surprised with how this has played out, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, mate, I'd go for Staines personally. I really like him. Um, Oh, fuck, I said the wrong player. I meant to to say Laurie. Sometimes it happens when you're doing these lives. Thankfully, uh, you can just start it again. Dane Laurie would be my pick mate I'm a huge huge fan of Dane Laurie Uh, I think that if he's not going to be at the fullback spot for the West Tigers I think a number of clubs should be knocking on his door And seeing if they can get their paws on him Charlie Staines um, He improved a lot last year No doubt about it I was a little bit worried about him at the start of his career uh, But last year for Penrith I thought he was really good coming out of his own end All the stuff he wasn't doing well He all of a sudden improved So I'm more than happy to give him a go at fullback uh, But Dane Laurie would have been my guy to start the season They put two or three years of effort into him I find it a bit strange now that they brush him for uh, Charlie Staines coming over from the Penrith Panthers. Uh, I don't know. I would have gone Dane Laurie though, mate, to be honest with you. Yeah, some of the Tigers' selections are very, very interesting, just like which edges they're playing certain guys and whatnot and the fullback selection. uh, Rumours that Adam Dewey could potentially play centre. I'm not buying that at all. I don't think it'll happen. Uh, But, you know, sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire in rugby league, as, as rogue as it can seem sometimes. Um, Broncos are the best center pairing in the comp Jesus Don't know about that That's a bit out That's a bit how you going i uh, got to disagree with this one. Sorry, mate. I think that they, they still have the potential to be the best centre pairing in the comp, but uh, they're well and truly down on a number of guys, especially based on form last year. Obviously, Herbie was fantastic, as I said, uh, but he has still got to round out his game a little bit more. Tony Stagg's got this huge upside, uh, but we haven't seen it consistently for a whole season. So uh, I don't think I'd put them in my top three centre pairings, to be honest with you. Uh, definitely not uh, the best in the comp. Yeah, it's always interesting. I'd love to know the perspective of some people that send these questions in, whether they're Broncos fans, a little bit biased or whatever. I'm not sure, but uh, I don't think many people would have them as their uh, best centre pairing in the competition. That one's a bit rogue. Uh, What have we got? Was Jamal Fogarty hard done by to miss All-Stars? Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with All-Stars. There's been a lot of players that have missed out on that team. I don't know if it's injury. I don't know if we're starting to get... Uh, if we're starting to get a bit like the original All Stars, or a bit like the Nines, where maybe guys are getting pulled out, I don't know. But there just seemed to be a lot of superstars that weren't in it this year, which is a little bit disappointing. It's probably hard off the back of the World Cup and whatnot, shorter preseason and everything, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't want to make comment on it because I'm sure all these guys have reasons why they weren't there, but I was a little bit uh, disappointed by how many people weren't there. When were you announce the winner from that Chrissy video? Did announce the winner, bro. Uh, I'll just do this one really quickly. Uh, we did announce the winner, mate. It's there in our reels. Uh, we also put it on the podcast. I forget the guy's name; is Newcastle fans. So we've got a Newcastle Knights jersey coming his way. Uh, if you want to message me, I can find it for you. All above board. Uh, if you want to message me, I can show you it and everything. Uh, I think that his one. I think it might have featured Jonathan Thurston and taken him out for a night or something. It was a pretty funny one that I enjoyed. You guys got to vote on it as well. It was on the story, came down to the last two, and this guy won uh, quite convincingly as well. So if you do want to see it, send me a message, mate, and I'll go through and I'll find it for you. But yeah, Newcastle Knights jersey coming his way. Can't remember his name. You always like to be above board with these giveaways. Uh, I know that there are pages out there that do them a little bit dodgy, but uh, I mean, we're we're not really in that business, to be honest with you. Uh, There was really not a heap for me to gain out out of that giveaway, so to try and dodge it up wouldn't really make sense. Uh, But always good to be held accountable by people. Um, Caught your hodgepod, but none the wiser. Supercoach round one or no. Fair shout. I don't think so. Uh, hands free. Uh, t- t- Sounds like I was dribbling on, mate, without making any sense, which isn't unusual. Uh, I don't think so. Not for me. We spoke about him with Timmy Williams the other day. I don't think he'll play 80 minutes to start the season. Uh, so I won't be starting with Hodjo. And we're lucky enough this year to have other choices. Brandon Smith, I think you should just about all have him. If Tanner Boyd's starting, we have a look at him. Uh, and if not, I just think get Harry Grant. you got your Brailes, your Robsons, these sort of guys as well. Uh, but Hodgson, I don't know, not on my radar. Maybe I'm sleeping on him. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but not one that I'm looking at. Yeah, I think uh, I've mentioned a few times on the podcast, I think that Hodgson is a really interesting guy to watch this year, see how it all plays out for him. Uh, I really hope it all works out because I think he can be fantastic for Parramatta. But as far as starting with him in Supercoach, uh, too much of a punt for me. I think you've got to be careful in Supercoach when you jump on guys when you don't really know what their role is going to be, etc., etc. can be really tough. You're jumping on hijack again this year. Oh, I hadn't even thought about hijack. I haven't done that in a while. Uh, I, I think we will. We have, we have a bit of a giggle with it. Yeah, mate, I think we will. I haven't really thought about it until you said that, uh, but we did have fun. Me and my best mate, Nick, we used to jump on for every single game and do that. Uh, it was good fun. We probably will do it again. My first six weeks of this season gonna be fucking hectic I'm not gonna have time to scratch myself uh, you'll understand why a little bit later but I've also got my wedding thrown in there so a bucks a wedding and a few other things which you'll find out about very soon it's gonna to be tough for the first six weeks but then after that uh, I'd like to think that we would get back into Hijack if you don't know what Hijack is it is an app that you download and you can actually commentate games yourself and people can listen to you if they want uh, I was jumping on and commentating one game a week with my best mate we'd have a few beers and just talk shit uh, it was a good time we really enjoyed it i put it on the podcast as well so uh it's wild how hard commentating is it's 10 times harder than what i ever anticipated i was exhausted at the end of it but we did enjoy it so i'd like to think we'll bring it back mate yeah, the uh, live commentary was very, very tough. I couldn't believe how hard it actually was. Uh, I don't know if you guys enjoyed it or not. I wasn't getting a huge audience audience on them, to be honest with you, but you do have to go to another app, another platform. It is a lot of work, so I understand why. Uh, but we'll see how it plays out. Do uh, you think Penrith changed their dominant edge? I don't know. Um who's what's a question we haven't really spoken about yet number one rookie and number one veteran in the game to have a big year that's a great question we'll actually do that for a podcast over the next couple of days do you have another job other than being the guru if not how good is that might do that one really quickly like to mix it up with some more things about me as well yeah, mate, very lucky. This is my full-time job now. It wasn't for a couple of years. The first four or five years I was teaching as well as primary school teachers, so I was doing that full-time and then running this page uh, and the outside hours at lunchtime, uh, before school, whatever the fuck it was. It was a nightmare. So very lucky that it's all worked out, uh, that I'm able to do this full-time now, doing Rugby League Guru, doing podcasts, doing content. Going on Bloke on a Monday, obviously joining Bloke in a bar was massive, just pushed all my numbers through the roof, so uh, very appreciative of the opportunity that Kempe gave me there. But yeah, full-time, mate, and you're right, how good is that? It's fucking unreal. Absolutely love it, so I get to wake up every day and uh, do what I want to do, essentially, which is really exciting. So yeah, mate, uh, very good. Yeah, obviously, guys, always very appreciative of the opportunities that Kempe has given me. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be where I am without Kempi. So very, very happy with that. Obviously worked hard to get there. I'm not hiding away from that. Uh, But also not hiding away that Kempi's really helped me, which has been great. Uh, Adam Ellett being slept on. Also thoughts on him for Supercoach. He's being slept on in Supercoach and in NRL. Adam Ellett is an absolute weapon. Um... Mate, I think he's being slept on in as an NRL signing and as a super coach player. I love everything about Adam Elliott. I think he's a tremendous player. The few interactions I've had with him, he's been fantastic as well. Does a lot for charity. I know he's had his moments where he's fucked up and whatnot, not hiding away from those. Uh, but he does do a lot of really good things in the community. I think he's a tremendous player. I think that he should be spoken about. Not in that top echelon of lock forwards of your Isaiah Yeo's, Cam Murray's, these sort of guys, but I think he's probably the top of tier two. I love Adam Elliott and the way that he plays. I think he's going to be a really, really good sign for Newcastle and I think super coach wise very high on him he's a real smoky he's a guy that I'll definitely be targeting my draft comp there's no doubt about that yeah a guy like Adam Elliott I think that you see the worst of him via the media which he you know when he has fucked up he's had an absolute Barry Crocker I'm not hiding away from that uh, but the interactions I've had with him have been fantastic he does a lot of work for charity that people don't hear about um, so yeah how many times a day do you look at your super coach side I either admire your work or make changes This one comes from Slacky. Make sure you check out his page. Does some fantastic stuff. He's done a couple of drawings and everything for Blokin' a Bar and Hello Sport. They're fucking unreal. So make sure you go check out his stuff for a bit of light comedy. Mate, my draft team, when it is during the regular season, I will check this thing at least twice a day, every single day, without a doubt. Uh, this is why I only enter one draft comp, because I take it extremely serious with all my boys, uh, and we absolutely love it. So, mate, I can't tell you how many times a day I check my draft team. Classic team, probably check it two or three times a week, but my draft team, uh, it cops an absolute pounding day in, day out. Our draft day is about a month away, so cannot wait for that. That's going to be sensational down in Kayama for our weekend down on New South Wales, South Coast. That's going to be unreal. So really looking forward to that. And yeah, I'll be checking that team very, very regularly. Um, yeah, draft day, not far away. Cannot wait. So if you're not familiar with Supercoach Draft, uh, competition I play in where every player can only be owned by one person. So I've got me and 13 other mates that we've been playing for just over 10 years now. Just super exciting. Uh, so cannot wait. Um, gun to your head. You must support an NRL team. Who are you choosing? Uh people aren't going to like this answer. Um... I kind of do have a team that I go for now, to be honest with you. Uh, My little brother, he's playing SG ball for the North Sydney Bears this year. So uh, I think I'm a Bears fan now. Not an NRL team, but uh, I can't get in trouble. I can't be biased. So uh, I'll be cheering on the Bears this year in 2023. Yeah, my little brother, he's playing uh, SG Ball, was with the Roosters, has uh, now ended up at North Sydney. So uh, I'll be cheering on the Bears this year in the SG Ball, getting out to a heap of their games. Really looking forward to that. Uh, so I guess you could call me a Bears fan this year. My first year as Guru having a team, how good's that? Uh, what competitions, etc., have you done to determine draft order, another draft question? Uh, we'll get into that now. Selling a little? Yeah, mate, normally we have challenges on the day, which is unreal. We love doing that. Uh, he- a heap of shit we've had over the years, random stuff. If you go listen to the weekly rubdown, I, I reckon they've got the best ideas for draft days. Some of the shit they do has been unreal. We've had like sort of crafty sort of shit. We've had drinking stuff, more physical things. Uh, there's been a range of things we've done. This year, uh, we did a sweeps on the Melbourne Cup, and thankfully, my horse came first. Can't remember the name, but it was like 20-1 to 1 as well. So that was a nice little kitty there. Uh, but yeah, I've got first draft pick this year. No challenges on draft day. Uh, so it might be a little bit boring, to be honest with you. But knowing I'm getting Nathan Cleary, very, very excited this year for draft. If I don't if I don't make a grand final with Nath, uh, I'll be pretty disappointed. So I think this is a good opportunity for me to win my draft comp this year. Uh, putting the pressure on myself a little bit. But with Nath Cleary, you should always be in the conversation. So fingers crossed it's going to be a big one. Yeah, got our draft combo as I said, kicking off in a few weeks. I've got number one picks. So that means I've got an eighth Cleary. So it also means that I can start to plan for the rest of my draft. So if I'm not very successful in draft this year, I will be fucking filthy. Uh, Sean Johnson will be top five in Dalliam. I'm calling it. Big call. Bold call. Very bold. Hands free. Uh, not for me, mate. Bold call. Uh, hopefully he does. I'd love to see SJ get back to his absolute best, but I'm a little bit nervous about where SJ's at, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, there was a photo that came out the other day, he, he, him with his lid off, looking sensational, looks ripped to shreds. Uh, and I hope it'd be a great narrative if the Warriors went back to New Zealand, they were successful, and SJ was leading the front. I'd love nothing more than that. Uh, but I can't see the Warriors playing finals footy in 2023. And uh, I'm not sure if we're going to see the best of SJ again. And I think that even if SJ is playing good footy, I don't think he's going to collect too many daily points. I think he's at that part in his career where he's in that sort of Benji Marshall late stages, Chad Townsend stage, where he'll just direct the team around. I think for daily points, you need to be going above and beyond. And I just don't think SJ's got that in his game anymore. But that's not taking anything away from SJ. He can be a fantastic player and a fantastic leader at that Warriors team if he manages to round out his game a little bit, like Benji did in the back end of his career. Yeah, SJ, fuck, I would just love to see him have a big season. I really want to see SJ be successful again. I'm nervous about it, though. I never lie to you guys. Uh, I'm not overly confident on the Warriors this year. So love it if SJ could prove me wrong. I would love nothing more than that, but I'm a little bit nervous about him as it stands right now. Uh, what other questions have we got? Who should be the next Broncos captain once Reno retires? Patty Carrigan would be my... Pick straight away. I'm um, just thinking about who else is in that squad. You obviously got Cable and whatnot, uh, but I think Pat Carrigan has to be the guy. Uh, Mate, for me, it's a no-brainer. I'd go Pat Carrigan every day of the week. Um, I'd even start considering before Reynolds' career is over, co-captaining both of them. Uh, I think Pat Carrigan's going to be a captain for Queensland. I don't know if he'll be a captain for the Kangaroos, but I think he'll captain Queensland one day. I think he's going to be a tremendous leader for a very, very long time, and I think that he can be a guy that can captain the Broncos for, you know, eight to ten years, be a brilliant leader. Love everything about Pat Carrigan. He'd be my guy as the next skipper after Reynolds, and I'd start to co-captain them towards the back end of Reynolds' career, to be honest with you, which we're sort of getting there realistically. Yeah, Pat Carrigan, you guys know how huge I am on Pat Carrigan. Love everything about him. Get to hear Kempy, you know, raving about him every single Monday, uh, which probably helps the love. You'd think it'd hinder, but it probably does help, to be fair. Uh, so he'd probably be my next choice there. Um, oh, here's a good one. So there's a guy that is at the Roosters. He's a Fijian guy. Reminds me a lot of Vinavalu. Uh, I can't pronounce his name. Karavaluva. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Apologies, guys. I haven't heard anyone say it yet either. Uh, But he's a kid that I, I really do think could burst onto the scene over the next few years. Very, very excited about this guy. I think he's got a big future. I watched him at Waverley Oval, I think, two years ago, and he Fucking killed it. He was very impressive, very raw, but very, very impressive. I think he can make it into the first grade squad, whether it's this year, I'm not sure. But I think you'll see him at some point. I think over the next few years, he might become a regular there, depending on who the Roosters go out and sign as per. Uh, who to booze first, him or Toya? I prefer Toya as a footballer, but Robert Toya is coming off an ACL injury. So I'm not sure if you'll see Robert Toya this year. If you do, it'll be at the very back end of the season, but he's without a preseason and whatnot, so it would be tough. Uh, so I'm not sure who makes it. I'd probably lean towards Toya still, to be honest with you. Uh, I know the Roosters have got huge wraps on him. They've been getting him ready for a couple of years now. He's from Queensland. The Roosters have been flying him down for SG ball and whatnot. So very, very excited about Robert Toyer. but he is coming off an ACL. So probably judge him on his footy next year, realistically. Yeah, Robert Toyo, another guy that played Roosters uh, SG ball last year that I was really, really big on. Um, Did an ACL. I'm not sure where he did the ACL, actually. I can't remember. Uh, But I know that he's coming back from injury in rehab at the moment. So one to keep an eye on at the Chooks. Uh, Which team would you draw? uh, Thoughts on the Bulldog signing? Yeah, okay. This will be our last one, guys. Uh, You've obviously got Carl... Uh, Olapu, I believe it is, that signed with the Canterbury Bulldogs. Um, interesting one. I'll tell you a little story here. Yeah, it's interesting, mate. Obviously, made headlines a couple of months ago. I actually watched some highlights the other day, and I just sort of thought, "Fuck, is he just bigger than everyone else? Is that the reality of it?" I, I don't know. I, I was I was impressed, but I wasn't blown away by them. Uh, I spoke to someone that I trust very high. I trust their opinion on rugby league very, very highly. The other day, who watched them at who watched him play quite a bit this year, especially at the state carnival, and he said that he is an absolute weapon. And I've got him wrong. So, as I said, this guy's opinion I really trust. I know he's got a good footy eye. So. I'll always back in what he says. Uh, And he reckons Canterbury's got themselves a really special one here. A lot of people saying he's a 5'8". You know, we've already got a 5'8". I understand where you're coming from. Uh, Apparently he can play lock and can be really effective there. So I don't know if he's going to be a 7. By what I saw, I wouldn't say he's a 7. I'd say he's more of a 6 or a 13. But he could be the Canterbury Bulldogs' answer at 13 over the next few years. So one to keep an eye on there. Uh, And hopefully all the controversy and everything is behind him now and he can start fresh at the Bulldogs'. Yeah, uh, I I watched his highlights the other day. I wasn't overly convinced. Rang this guy that I really, really trust his opinion. And he sort of said, nah, nah, no, nah, you, you, you've you got it wrong. Showed me a few more clips of him playing, pointed out a few things. And uh, I, I, I get it now. So, yeah, very exciting for Canterbury. Uh, I like it now. I've, I've been swayed. So, fingers crossed it does turn out to be a good one for the doggies. Uh, that will do us, guys. I'll just record a... A little uh, goodbye to everyone that I'm doing there. Um, Here we go. Camera, hands free. Just set that up. Thanks for your question, guys. That will do us for tonight. I have recorded all of these on the podcast, so a bit of a behind-the-scenes podcast. We'll be dropping tomorrow morning on the Rugby League Guru podcast where you can listen to all of this audio, and then I talk a little bit about um, social media and all that sort of shit in between them, and then I give a bit more detail to my answers there as well. So that'll be available tomorrow morning on the Rugby League Guru podcast. As we said before, guys, if you haven't checked it out yet, link's here. Uh, come and check out the Dragons Best 17 on YouTube that myself and Maddie the Waterboy just... Just dropped. It's live now. And then tomorrow afternoon, we've got the Parramatta Eels and their best 17 that will be dropping at 3 p.m. I think it is 3 p.m. on YouTube. Parramatta's best 17 for 2023 dropping tomorrow afternoon. Cheers to the questions, legends. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, guys, that will do us for the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this sort of content. About 45 minutes or so, that is quite a stint. It is hot as fuck here as well, so I need to pretty much go and have a shower. Thank you, guys. Uh, When you guys are listening to this, as I just said on the live, 3 p.m. this afternoon, uh, the Parramatta Eels Best 17 will be coming out. And then uh, last night, when you guys are listening to this, the Dragons Best 17 would have dropped as well. So, heap of content on Rugby League Guru YouTube. Go and check it out. Go and subscribe for me. Like, comment, all the good stuff, as you always do, guys. Thank you once again, and we'll talk to you soon. Plenty of Bloke and a Bar content coming over the next 24 hours.